You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Some woman at the first service, you know, I know her. She lives in Laguna Beach with her husband. Very amazing Christian family. Came up, she says, hey, that, that was a word today from the Lord. And God showed me that this, this church right here is gonna take those four. You need to start driving around with the campus pastor and his leaders and start driving around and start claiming where those churches are gonna be. And then God's gonna shake the earth and he's gonna turn it to rubble so you build on his foundation, not the foundation of the city. And man, she, she knew it was a prophetic word, so I'm literally already text Pastor Jurgen and said, hey, there's gonna be a shaking in Salt Lake City. God's gonna turn some stuff into rubble, and then we're going to rebuild on God's foundation. I know. Just so you know, that's the encouraging part. Like, all the men should have stood up and cheered. That's okay, Lionheart. You haven't been to it yet? Yeah. Listen, I I will tell you that, um, you know, I was, I gave my life, rededicated my life when I met Pastor Jurgen. I rededicated my life to Jesus. And then I realized that, you know, for the next couple years, it was like this journey. But then when I went all in, my heart went all in. I'm gonna tell you, it's been a radical ride ever since. So it's, I don't want you, there's not a arrogance or a, or a pride, a haughty pride. There's a humility. But I'm gonna tell you something. When you know your identity in Christ, you start to not give a rip. And, and it's true, like, I'm still like, you know, it's, you're still a, a human being and a pastor, so you gotta kind of lay it like a layup. You know, you don't wanna lay that thing up too hard. But today I just feel like dunking because you can handle it. And I'm gonna read a verse and then I wanna talk about it because when I saw these two twin towers up here, God started messing me up. And it's a good thing to be messed up. So what I want to show you, I'm going to read this because I took some notes while I was getting messed up in the first service. How many know it's good to get messed up? Some of you don't know that yet. That's okay. Just don't get messed up by religion. We want to get you messed up in the right ways. And how do you know it's the right ways? Because it's going to line up with scripture and it's going to edify your soul. And so what happens is when you come in, like that's why Emerge isn't really like this men's conference. It's, it's so much more than that. It's a transformation if you allow it to be. See, what I want to speak on, you had, you had these two, Moses had 12 spies. So think of it like he had 12 Navy SEALs. Okay, and he said, I'm sending you out into the land for 40 days. So he sends them out into the promised land for 40 days and they're supposed to come back with a report. So Moses is pumped, he's waiting for it. They come back. 10 of those reports were buzzkills. Yeah, two of them, Caleb and Joshua. I felt that same anointing on these two men. And I'm gonna tell you something. When God starts sending the Joshuas and the Calebs to a church, you better watch out. I mean, you better watch out. And I saw it up here. And then if they can lean into that, which I can tell they are because there's fruit. I'm watching this guy right here. I kept being drawn to watch him worship because I saw joy. It didn't matter what his circumstance was or is. I st- he was worshiping in joy. I, I want to be around those type of people. I want to eat the fruit of someone that has joy. I'm eating some joy fruit today. It's amazing how many people look like they ate a sour patch kid. 
but they call themselves a Christian. When they do that, this is what I do. I, enter, I exit stage left. Because what happens is your environment matters. What you eat from matters. One piece of fruit brought sin into the world, and we've been paying for it ever since. But I want to eat some joy. I want some boldness, some courageousness that I saw over here. I don't know what he's been through, but I know who I want to take out to lunch. You know, I see people, and I want to be around the fruit that is kingdom. There's two different types. You could be saved, and how many thank God, thank you for the salvation part. Jesus is my savior. As Christians, we got to start knowing the other side of that. He's also my Lord. And when you say that, when you understand the reverence around Lord, he's your savior and Lord. Savior is we're going to heaven. We know where eternity is. Lord is while we're here, we're going to take some territory. While we're here, we're going to see what this is all about, and we're going to do radical things for the kingdom. If you're buzzkilled, you haven't had that revelation yet. So I want to talk about just a little bit. I'm going to read a verse to you because what you see matters. Caleb and Joshua, they went out and they saw different than the other 10. So they could have come back and been like, whoa, there's 10 of them. There's only two of us. We must have got it wrong. That's not what they did. They were so passionate about it, they tore their clothes. They were defiant. Like, what do you mean? Giants of the land. Our Lord is bigger than those giants. You know, what are we looking at? See, perspective is everything. Like, if I hold my phone up right here, it actually covers that TV. So I can actually have the perspective, my phone's bigger than that TV because of my perspective. But when I get in reality and I get to it, they're actually, come on, that TV's way bigger than my phone. But from right here, my phone's bigger. It covers that whole TV. So the closer you are to a problem, that problem's gonna look bigger than your God. The closer you are to God, you're gonna have the revelation that your God is bigger than that problem. What are you focusing on? What are you looking at? What are you seeing? What's in front of you? So when I feel a problem coming, I run toward God because I need my God to be bigger than that problem. See, your circumstance will dictate your thoughts because now you have to make a choice. And how you choose to speak, how you choose to see, how you choose is everything with the next couple things that happen in your life. We're a product of our thinking. This whole thing about Joshua and Caleb, they knew that God was bigger than anything they saw in there, and they were looking at all the great things. What you focus on expands. What are we focused on right now? What are we focusing on? We focus on lack, scarcity, poverty, sickness, loss. We're all going to experience all those things. But what else do you see in your life? I want to be around people that I can focus on. Maybe I'm missing a little joy. I want some of his joy. I want some of his courageousness. I want some of his boldness. See, when you find your identity in Christ and you focus on what Christ has for you, you start ignoring the world. You start turning off the television. I mean the television. You stop listening to the people that are speaking doubt into you. See, God, if he's giving you a dream and talking to you, why are you talking to somebody else that's trying to steal your dream? God didn't give them the dream. They gave you the dream. But yet we'll go consult, we'll go ask. If it's a rhema word, which means what is God saying to you? Nobody can take it from you unless you let them. What are you willing to lose? 
What are you willing to step out in faith? We're all on a journey. And I want to let you know the level that you process will be the level of your breakthrough in your life. See, I go on to read all this about Joshua and Caleb. And it's amazing because every one of them, 40 years, they weren't able to enter. God just said, you, you know what? You guys are a bunch of complainers. Not one of you that complained, even though I showed you, I told you this was your promised land, but you didn't want to believe. So because you didn't believe, you will not see. And they never went in there. Caleb and Joshua made it into the promised land, but they had to wait another 40 years because everybody else wouldn't get on board. It's amazing. What are we gonna hitch our train to? There's some things that we need to let go of. There's some people we need to move away from. You know, I look at circumstance and we all have choices and it's amazing that I had to, in 2010, my wife and I decided we had to start making better choices. I felt like God would kept telling me some values that I needed to lean in on, but I kept justifying some of the decisions I was making. Let me give you a real example. And I want you to locate yourself today because it's not a judgment. If you're believing for a home, if you're believing for a marriage to get breakthrough, if you're believing for your kids to get breakthrough, maybe you're believing on a level three. God's trying to talk to you on a level 10. He's trying to give you direction, but because your belief, there's a bridge, there's a gap, what are you doing to close that gap? There's some things that you've got to learn. It's called discipleship. He's trying to teach us in the word of God. Oh, I don't read it. Oh, okay, well, there's some little things we could do. Oh, man, I, I, don't, I don't wanna tell anybody in my prayer circle at men's prayer, women's prayer. I don't wanna talk to the pastor. I don't wanna burden them. It's, it's not, you're going to him for wisdom. God puts a pastor in your life because they're called a shepherd. And I know you have good shepherds here. I have a good shepherd. He's under that good shepherd. He's got a double shepherd. He gets Pastor Jurgen, the great shepherd. He's got, he's got me. He's got a whole team to shepherd him, but he's a great shepherd for you. Here's why. He's given a rod and a staff. The staff is to protect you. The rod is to correct you. And don't think correction in a bad way. It's just, a, hey, that's some wrong thinking. And if you don't tell him and locate yourself, see, when people talk, it's like a drop pen. You know how you're lost, guys, and your wife says, here's a drop pen. You still don't follow it? Oh, I didn't tell you, you guys can laugh in church. I went to my counselor one time and he says, what's that big K on your sweater stand for? And I say, confused. And he goes, uh, you don't spell confused with a K. And I said, that's how confused I am. See, God's up there just trying to give us direction. He's trying to nudge us. He's trying to correct. He's trying to disciple us. He's bringing you a house that believes in miracles. What you choose to believe, that's on you. God's a gentleman. He's given us free will. Like when there's an altar call, no one's making you raise your hand. When there's the Holy Spirit nudging you going, maybe you shouldn't make that decision and you still do it. You can't blame God. Every sin has consequence. He's just trying to direct you. He puts guardrails up in your life. He gave us all the Holy Spirit so you don't drive off the cliff. But if you're just slamming the guardrail at some point, you gotta take self-responsibility. Self-leadership is, man, the Holy, how many times do I gotta go around this mountain? As many times as you want to. But God's already showed you the exit. He's trying to show you a way. See, in 2010, God was really, and I said, well, God, if that's what you're showing me, then we're gonna have to make some changes in friendships and some relationships. And finally, I, I had to lead my wife because my wife, man, I married a spicy girl and she was kind of bucking my system. Finally, I said, babe, it's Team Hubbard. 
We made a vow. It's you and I against the world. So if you don't want to walk into God's blessing, I'll keep listening to you. But God has told me these are the 10 things. These are our core values that we got to follow no matter what. These are our guardrails. This is our true north. This is the thing God's saying. And if we can do it together, baby, God's going to open doors that none of us could open. He's going to bless us. He's going to open a heaven. And she looked at me and she goes, all right, it's just hard for me to trust. So it's hard for her to trust me. It was hard for her to trust some of these things God was speaking to me. And she finally said, okay, I'm all in. The minute we got into alignment, the minute that she just said, okay, we're going to do it, come what may, no matter what we feel, if God said it, let's do it. God doesn't change his mind. We can be stubborn. We can change the rules. We can change the game. And then we could just pray Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord. And then we'll just play that card. But if we stick to the values that God gives us, he's speaking to us all. The minute we got into agreement, heaven started to open. What happened was we started leaning in our convictions. We had to let go of some relationships. We had to change some things that we were doing. We just realized that it was more important to live under God's heaven and favor. So since we've been doing that, radical things that are unexplainable have happened. In 2012, God started to speak to me about a house. That house started to build some faith muscle on the inside of me. I saw some things. I was like Caleb and Joshua. I came back and told my wife. My wife says, that sounds crazy. I said, I know. We came back and gave the report to our real estate agent. She said, I'm not doing it. I'm like, you work for me. She goes, I'm still not doing it. I have a reputation. She cared more about her reputation than caring about what I needed. And guess what? I didn't need it. God spoke to me and said, this is yours. And here's the exact number you're going to pay. Here's exactly how you're going to do it. And do not compromise. So I'm going to tell you something. You know what's sad? I lost a relationship over a real estate agent. I lost a relationship just in how it was handled. We got restored later, but it was just so funky. I had to have my mom come down and do it. But when we walked in that house, when we got that house on a lease option to buy in 2012, when I didn't have the money, but God showed me how to do it, I followed it to the T. We walked in our victory. And because we were able to do that, I was able to bless a lot of people at my house. We had four weddings there, 10 baby showers, connect groups, parties, everything church-related. If God gave me that house... I'm gonna use it for his glory, for his honor. I use the living daylights out of it. And when you're faithful with little, he knows you can be faithful with much. So when we just stepped into our new house, we closed on December 2nd. The owners of that house said, God was showing us, and, and they're the sweetest Mormon couple I've ever met. They go, we haven't heard from the Lord in a long time. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And she said, because you've been faithful in little, she doesn't know anything about me. God's gonna allow you to have this house and we're gonna give it to you for this crazy price because you're gonna be faithful with much and we know you're gonna use it to honor his kingdom. I'm like, how does she know that? She goes, it's the first thing I've heard God's voice in years. And she started weeping. She started weeping. And it's a God story. It took three months to close. My banker, everybody, three. God showed me three levels of people. There's gonna be people that think you're crazy and that you shouldn't do it and you're irresponsible. And I need you to cut them out of your life. This is before it started going down. And there's gonna be people that think you're crazy, but they respect you, so they're not gonna say a word. Watch what I do for them. And then there's gonna be people that are your cheerleaders, and they're gonna cheer you on, and you're gonna need them, and they're gonna be part of your army. So I was like, oh, I got that word on August 23rd. I wrote it down. All of a sudden, when you're going through it, I'll never forget there was one night, one of the biggest tests of faith. I was like, God, what am I doing? Am I being an idiot? Lord, was that really your voice? Man, I'm rebuking the devil. I'm sitting in my hot tub. I'm just thinking to myself, 
what, Lord, I'm looking up at the stars. I'm like, man, are we going to be homeless? Because I had to sell my, all these things went through my mind. And I didn't hear from the Lord. And I lay down on my bed. And you know, sometimes as a man, you're just like processing thinking. And all of a sudden my phone rang nine o'clock at night. And it was Pastor Jurgen. He never calls me on a Sunday night. I see him every Monday for his adjustment. He calls me and I said, hey, what's up, boss? And he goes, hey. And my wife says, hello. Hey, Kayla Ray Valentine. He's just going up. And he goes, like, hey, what's up? Why are you calling me on Sunday night? And he goes, Holy Spirit nudged me. I needed to encourage you. What's going on? I said, oh, man, I'm just wondering if I'm making the right move. And he goes, this house isn't about you. This is for our whole church for breakthrough. This is going to see, when people see what's going to happen, they're going to believe again. This is more than you. You stay in the fight. And then he prayed for me. I felt courage. I felt boldness. I felt faith rise up on the inside of me. The next day, the next morning, I woke up to a different circumstance. Got, Got over the line. My banker called me right when it closed. And he says, I want to let you know, Dr. Matt. I've been doing banking for 24 years. And God warned me not to speak against this. He told me, if you want to see a miracle, keep your mouth shut and just believe. And he said, I had fear of the Lord, so I didn't say one thing to you. I thought you were crazy the one time. And immediately the word came to me and said, he's one of the men I told you about. Watch what I do in his life. And he says, I will never look at banking the same. I just thought I was part of this transaction. Now I know God was in it. I'm gonna pray for every one of my clients. I'm gonna take this serious. This is destiny on the line. These are people's future on the line. This is more than a banking transaction. This is more than a home. This is a God thing. And it rattled him. And he's still rattled about it. He's like, my friends have called him. And they're like, dude, I couldn't even get to the point because he was still telling me about your miracle. It shifted something in his heart. One of my close friends, he was with us on the night of his signing. After we signed, I saw him weeping. He runs a lot of stuff at my church for me. He's a brilliant man. He says, in business, I've got a lot of breakthrough, but in my personal life, I've sabotaged everything. I've watched this transaction over the last three months. And because of this, I realize if God can do it for you, he's gonna heal something broken in me. And when I saw you sign it, I was one of the naysayers, but God told me to keep my mouth shut. Otherwise, I wasn't gonna walk in his blessing. It's the second person that God warned the same thing. And it was amazing, the people that were thinking we were crazy, we just wrote names down. I'm like, well, I'm not going to Cabo with that couple. <laughs> Who you're around in your life matters. It doesn't matter. It's no judgment if you don't believe. Listen, it's just you gotta be careful what you say. See, those spies could have been intimidated, but when they came back, what they said, what they said happened. The ones that saw the promised land, they entered the promised land. The ones that said they didn't see it, they're inferring God's a liar. Because he said, that's the promised land. See, what you say either comes into alignment with what God's trying to do in your life or is going, but he's a respecter. What do you see for your life? Can you believe? Can we let the things that have rattled us? See, we've been a product of our preachers, teachers, all the people, our parents. We have belief systems. Are they in alignment with what the Word of God says? I want to read you something. The title of my real message that I'm not preaching was called Overcomers. Four ways to overcome. But I want to read you this verse, Psalm 91. See, fear and stress have a negative effect on your body, your mind. Hell is crushed when you have peace. Kingdom is advanced when you have joy. They're two different things. Peace crushes hell. Joy 
unlocks kingdom. You're called to have both. Psalm 91 says this, those who live in the shelter of the most high will find rest in the shadow of the almighty. Perspective. When you put God as the almighty, he's gonna be your shelter. I declare, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. I didn't always trust God. I had a trust issue. I had to learn to trust God. You know what the first thing when I started trusting God, what God spoke to me about? I had to trust people. But see, people hurt me. People let me down. I had pastors that let me down. You know who God used to redeem me? A pastor. Haha, ha, you're funny, Lord. And when I fully let my heart heal and trusted Pastor Jurgen, he, he led me well. He discipled me well. John Eldridge wrote a book just talking about the fathered heart, the heart of the father. It's amazing. But in that, God uses men. That's why we can't look at emerge. Like some of us are still stuck as a boy. Some of us then graduated to be a cowboy, but we're stuck as a cowboy. If you're a cowboy, which looks for hard work and adventure, but you don't do the hard work, then you're a snowflake. And then what happens is if you don't cowboy well, you don't warrior well. That's where you learn how to fight so you can learn to protect. That's where you learn how to fight for the kingdom and fight for your life, fight for the things that are important, fight for freedoms. But if you don't warrior well, because you didn't cowboy well, then the next phase is lover. And if you're not a good lover, you can never be the king you're called to be. So when that king finds his queen, she tells him how to be a good warrior, how to get not stuck in being a cowboy. You're too old for that. But honors him and helps him be a king, you'll take territory. You'll walk and be a great provider and a protector. If you're not a good king, then you won't be a good sage, which means you're coming back to give wisdom to the kings, to the warriors, to the lovers, to the cowboys. Some of you think it's too late. It's never too late. He's just trying to get you healed up wherever you got stuck. Are you stuck as a cowboy? Are you stuck as a warrior? Stuck as a lover that isn't a king yet, but you're called to be a king because we all are as men? Married to a queen? That's what Emerge is about. Lionheart is about the whole thing. Doesn't matter, like, how bad do you want it? I said this in the first service, I'm gonna say it again. Some of you saw how that Baja Missions, I wanna teach on a filter and then we're gonna land the plane here. But some of you saw that Baja Missions and you had a desire, like, I'd love to go, but the immediate thing that just happened, you did this. Oh, then I got to pay for a flight. Oh, I don't, I don't want to get a hotel. I'm not sure how it works. Money took you out. Your filter about money took you out. Or money, your filter about time took you out. But see, God nudged your heart when you saw the Baja video. You, your heart kind of leapt a little bit. You want to be, and then your psychology of your belief system due to your filter took you out. See, the Holy Spirit nudged me and said, don't let him be taken out. I text my missions person. I said, hey, find host homes in San Diego that anyone from Salt Lake City that felt the nudge, we're gonna take care of and they won't spend a dime. 
They're going to get there. We're going to figure out how to sponsor transportation. The Holy Spirit, see, I need you to start thinking, do what God tells you to do. He will take care of all the rest. See, he nudged your heart because something left that you need in Baja. But some of you self-took yourself out so you'll never get that breakthrough. Because you didn't ask more questions. Because maybe you were taught no most of your life. Or that's a stupid question. Or why are you asking? But the Bible says you have not because you... So he's trying to get your paradigm stuck, unstuck from the world, saying if he nudged you, go after the nudge. That's Holy Spirit. If you drove by at home and you felt something leap, why are you talking yourself out of it? If you know you're supposed to start a business, you took yourself out of it, you know you're supposed to quit your job because it's out of integrity with your values, why are you still in it? Oh, I need a paycheck. So you'd rather give to fear than trust the Lord. See, filters, filters are keeping you bound up. They're a ball and chain. But see, there's a God that wants to bless his kids. But because you believe a way, he's not gonna push you over. He's not gonna break things unless you ask him. I'm gonna finish this. It says, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid. Do you even know the promises of God? Pastor Samuel Duth, who wrote the following Jesus, just wrote a 52-week thing for kids called Promises. The promises of God. Buy them for all your kids. I'm a kid at heart. I'm gonna read, what are the promises of God? Do you know them? Let's put our yes and amen to the promises because if he promised, he's not a man that should go back on his word. Let's just, if you don't know the promises, you actually don't know it's rightfully yours. So you're stuck because you don't know the promises. But when you read the promises, some of them are gonna start to bubble up on the inside of you. When you put your yes and amen, say no one will stop me from these promises. You'll chase down, your life will change. We don't want to look at your life in three months, six months, nine months, and it be exactly where you came into this house. God elevates, sharpens, equips you. DNA is about that. You come in through DNA, you start to get the revelations. You start to hear the promises. You start to serve in his kingdom, and all of a sudden, things get unlocked. I'm gonna pray for us in a minute, but I'm gonna finish this. It says, do not be afraid of the terrors at night nor the arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. And I'm gonna put, if you believe. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, you make the Lord your refuge. He's not gonna make himself the refuge and force himself upon you. If you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Do you believe? They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your feet or your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras and you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. That's a promise. Let's stand to our feet so I can pray for you today. When God finds his people, Like in that worship, 
just say, God, reveal some beliefs I have about you that aren't in alignment with your word. And he'll highlight them. I said in the first service, I don't preach on hell because hell's about just where God isn't. Like an atheist doesn't believe in God. God said, okay, I'm just gonna move it over here. If there was one light, that wouldn't be hell. One light can light up this room. One light can help a person get across and not stumble. One light. We're called to be the salt and the light. You are the light. How bright you wanna shine. If your dimmer switched down, we're gonna dim it up right now. Turn it up. It's up to you. But you can be stubborn and say, I don't wanna do it. And God will let you because he loves you. But when you say, I want to shine bright. He will resource you, give you the tools, put the men, put the women, put the people around you to do so. If you believe, I'm a walking testimony of that right now. Close your eyes, bow your heads. Lord, we pray for peace in the name of Jesus. Lord, give us peace of mind. Calm our spirits and our troubled hearts our disappointments. Lord, give us strength, clarity, discernment to find answers as we navigate loss, as we navigate our future, as we navigate in the weeks ahead. God, we trust you. We know that we will heal from this stress, from this disappointment, but God, we thank you that we process well. God, just as you've given us the sun to rise each day against the dark of night, you are our rock and our good shepherd. Let us see things that we've never seen before. God, let us trust you. Let us trust the people you put in our lives to speak life into us. Wherever there's been discouragement or uncertainty, Lord, I pray you uproot it right now in the name of Jesus. Wherever there's been dark thoughts, Lord, I ask that you shine so bright we get rid of that fear, that stress, Lord, I thank you that you're doing something radical in this church. God, just as you did a radical miracle for me with my house, with some relationships, with some healing and some friendships, whatever they need, God, through your impartation, do it for them. I see some people that have been disappointed and you've been upset with God God's okay with you being upset with him but he wants you to know that he's healing you right now so you can trust again that he can give you a word that you can put an amen to that just like Peter some of you are going to say Lord if you tell me to I'll do it and Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water I see some of that courageous men and women in this house I see some young people, you're going to make some tough decisions. You're going to get yourself into some circumstances and you're going to cry out to the Lord and he will rescue you. You're going to be a light for the generation of young people, especially I see specifically someone in high school and you're being kind of pressured. God's going to send you his warring angel to protect you. Be bold and courageous, says the Lord. I'm sending you my angels. You don't worry about what people think about you. You do what I've called you to do, and I'll set you back up, up, dust you off. You have nothing to be guilty about. Pressure is real. But an overcoming spirit will heal.
An overcoming spirit becomes fearless. And when you have fearlessness, you get empowered to do radical things for the kingdom. Listen, if any of you have never given your life to Jesus or maybe you once did and you kind of took it back, it all starts with accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If that's you today and you're just like, I need Jesus in my life, just raise your hand so I can pray for you. Thank you for your hand. Thank you. A lot of hands in the first service. Thank you for those hands. Thank you, I see your hands. Once you put them up, you can put them down. Is there anybody else? I'm not gonna call you, I'm just gonna pray for you. All that is, it's a yielding saying, I need Jesus to do something in my life. I need to believe again. I need to be healed again, whatever that is. You just need Jesus to show up in your life. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Never be afraid. The devil's a liar. He loves to whisper in your ear to try to intimidate. Don't raise your hand. Man, if you hear that or you hear your heart rate or you just feel like anxiousness, that's an enemy trying to hold you down. He doesn't want you to know who you were created to be. Awesome. You guys could all look up here. For those of you, five or six that raised your hand, listen, but we're all gonna say this prayer. Can't say it enough to tell you the truth. Let's say it together. Let's believe. It's not the raising of your hand that gets you into the kingdom of heaven. It's a hard decision. God knows exactly where you're at. He knows all the thoughts we're thinking, all the crazy ones, all the good ones, all the ones we're trying to muster up to believe. He loves it. He wants you to think radical. How many know we serve a radical God? Some of you are like, Sarah, you're not sure. This is how I know he's radical. He told one dude, spoke to him one time, build this boat. He did, there was no such thing as a boat before. Spoke to him one time, and this guy was crazy enough to hear one voice and spend the most portion of his life building that thing. So much so, he even thought himself was crazy. The minute he was off, he was just looking for a drink. He's like, dear Lord, that was stressful. I lost a lot of friends. And some of you, like, I'm not being funny. Like, don't judge it because those that judged it, one of his kids, it wasn't good for them. The Lord's like, don't judge your dad. You don't know what hell he's been through. Listen, some of you have been through some stuff. God knows it. But I love the faith of one man to ignore all the naysayers, all the haters, all the people that spent most of his life out there cutting down trees and building something that had never been done. There was no such thing as rain at the time. That's how radical God is. So some of you are having these radical thoughts and like, that's too radical. I doubt it. The greatest inventions haven't even been invented yet. I just saw a dude from Miramar fly up with the jetpack on and fly around while I'm driving down the freeway. I'm like, that's radical. I didn't think I'd really see Tony Stark in real life. I'm thinking to myself, but that, that dream was inside somebody somewhere. And there's dreams. We haven't even seen the radical things. Some of you in this place will be the next Elon Musk. Will be the next great thinker of something that God put on the inside of you. Some of you are going to be pastors. Some of you are going to be worship leaders. Some of you are going to be radical evangelists. And yet you're sitting here worried about where you're at. God's so radical, he's just trying to get one thing, one seed can change everything. I lost somebody when I was 21 years old. She passed away. I had two choices to make. Roll over and feel sorry for myself or get up, listen to my father and go take some territory. 
And let me tell you something. Every time I pray, every time I see a hand go up, every time I see a healing, I'm shoving it to the devil. I know Ashley's in heaven. But every time, it gave a little purpose to shine brighter for somebody else. And when I feel discouraged or when I feel tired or the devil knocks the wind out of my sails, I think, you know what? I woke up this morning. I got unfulfilled destiny. I get to go to Salt Lake City and preach. I get to go be around amazing people that are going to take territory. It's not about how hard you get kicked. Now I'm quoting Rocky. Let's say this prayer. Heavenly Father, come on, every one of us. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sin. Today, I repent. I give you my life. And Lord, show me how to think better, how to stay in peace, to be in joy, and do radical things for your kingdom. May the rest of my life be the best of my life. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.